0: This seems like a bad idea. I
1: feel like (laughs) it
0: seems like a bad idea. Right? Is it?
2: podcast committed to calling weird things weird because weird isn't a value judgment or a statement with any moral weight but an acknowledgement that the peculiar traditions and ideas we pass on are just that particular almost entirely detached from personal experience beyond our determined efforts to keep them around and though perhaps not unusual to our own selves almost certainly if considered with fresh eyes pretty fucking weird My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host, that's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here too, how you doing, Lori?
1: Mad at you now.
2: Oh, don't be mad. (laughs) Today is Monday, April 18th, 2022, the day after... My brother, Andrew's birthday.
0: Oh, look at that.
2: Happy birthday, Andrew. Now also very rapidly approaching old at, <laughs> at 29 years old.
0: Is 29 the golden something? It's. I remember when I was that age, somebody said it was some sort of thing.
2: I heard A something else age. recently about some yeah. sort of anniversary being something golden and I I, I don't no, understand these it's things the at all the idea what was that? like
1: my birthday is on the 10th so that's when I oh, turn 10 yeah, yeah. Like you're, yay the 10 on the 10th That's stupid 29 shit. on the 29th is probably what you're, okay. you're probably knowing someone 29
0: there we go
2: okay anyway oh yeah and they got uh, he, and, he and his girlfriend got engaged recently so congrats congrats everything's looking up for Andrew oh yeah <laughs> I, why is that funny i have no idea but it does make me want to say you know actually andrew turned out to be a pretty good human being all things considered like where
1: this podcast is going at
2: all, <laughs> is something that for a few years there anytime andrew came up in conversation and my mother was around uh, my mother would say Actually, Andrew turned out to be a really great person, and it was like I, I agree with the underlying sentiment. I think Andrew's a, a fine human being, in the in a in a you know the positive understanding of the word fine, not merely acceptable, but fine, uh, a fine example of a human being. But my mother insisted for for like years on saying, actually, Andrew turned out. She would
1: say Andrew actually turned out. Not actually Andrew turned out, but it was Andrew actually turned out.
2: Right, as though it was like a a hilarious surprise. (laughs) And and like, as though it was not at all, as though it was always in doubt as to whether or not Andrew would turn out okay.
0: Uh, Right, he actually is doing a lot of heavy lifting there. It's like he corrected himself and now things are looking great.
2: Aba Lent not yeah lent lent is over right the, the that's right long period of uh sacrifice and and of withholding for the uh
1: this can't be the podcast the christian
2: times <laughs> it is going to be the podcast you know what i realized and uh, not uh i didn't realize this until i was sitting around on sunday and for some reason the thought that lent was over occurred to me i didn't give anything up for lent I realized I did. In fact, I didn't have a like my not drinking thing that I was doing ahead of the the ten mile race coincided within a day or two of the start of Lent. I think my last drink was on like a Sunday night, and then of course Fat Tuesday is on that Tuesday. So basically, I gave up drinking for Lent because I still haven't still haven't had a drink.
0: Can you accidentally give up something? Do you get credit for this?
2: I don't know, like with the Lord? I don't know.
0: Yeah. I, we'll have to I ask mean, him. if I was keeping books for him, I would say, mm not that year. Yeah, no. so same
1: thing. Not, there's no points for effort, just like you can't but, take away points for not effort. So I think you can. This is like yeah. catching the ball <laughs> as you step out of bounds and you just happen to be still in bounds. Right. It just is, he gave it
0: up for Lent. Yes. When... Does the period... did it end Friday or Sunday? When is... It's a good question, actually. I don't remember Sunday, what...
2: Sunday, right? My, uh, I'm pretty sure...
1: It's Sunday.
2: Because Jesus dies
0: on Friday. He dies on and Friday. He...
2: Certainly you wouldn't stop abstaining from things as a... Like, there shouldn't be any great celebration <laughs> Friday night or I Saturday mean, morning. It's called Good Friday, right? Yeah, it is. that's true. It's called Good Friday. Yeah, so Lent ended... Uh, let's see what else. We're in the middle of Ramadan, I believe. Correct? That's right. How's that?
0: I'm not how's in that the going of it, for but you? My family Are you is participating. <laughs> so my mom took a head count to see who's uh, participating. Oh, don't do that, mom. Thought... You're, you're just asking
2: to just asking <laughs> yes. for personal pain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I thought there were more on my side. I, I, I appear to be one of two of the entire family is on the outside looking in. Yeah, so, so
2: they say in the family text thread. Do you believe them all?
0: That's well. This came from my mom, so they're, that's what they're telling her. Right. So maybe they're lying. So
2: that's where you. Or jump, maybe
1: she's lying.
2: That's where you jump right. into the siblings thread and be like, "Come on, you assholes! <laughs> so I, you I held <laughs> this family up by my own fucking bootstraps for years, and you're still right. throwing me under the bus with the religion thing."
0: Also, I did this little Ramadan thing in high school. During wrestling on, season. on a so wrestling team, no less. Yes, but also it was again. winter
1: then in high school.
0: Yes, I mean, yeah, the sun did come down pretty quickly, but and it
1: stayed up. It was it was easier then. Yes, back in- <laughs> it, it,
2: it was slightly Ima- easier. Imagine the old Muslims, like the the old Muslims back in my day, <laughs> the sun stayed <laughs> up for hours longer. Sure, Grandpa, sure. You know, I never made a big
0: point of it, but. Because it would kind of undercut the whole religion thing. But you know how we're talking about any, every year during Daylight Savings? It's like, oh, if you're here, the sun goes down at different points, right? So, like, I would always try to throw in the argument that, like, what if you're a Muslim in, one like, Alaska or one of those places where the sun is up for a lot of time? Right. right? And What do you do then? It seems like... Uh, now,
2: Of course, if we've, just, as we've discussed on the show in the past, the sun is up for an exceptionally long time because of where you are uh, left to right, east to west in your time zone, <laughs> yes. rather than where you fall on the north-south continuum. Yeah.
0: We did an in-depth analysis. We got to the bottom of that. But yes, if you're in a certain position, it would be a bad time to be a Muslim. Whatever the opposite
2: of a podcast Emmy is, I think we should put ourselves up for... <laughs>
0: Do they have Razzies? The podcast Razzies.
2: That episode needs to go up for the podcast Razzies. I think this
0: podcast would lose every time to the other podcast that I'm on. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, Let's see. (laughs) It's also the end of Passover. We did a Passover Seder. No, it's the beginning of Passover. Was it the beginning of Passover?
1: I think that was the start.
2: Well, it doesn't matter. The Jews celebrated some yeah, Passover. Yeah, right this in the weekend.
1: middle. It started Friday.
2: Right, that's right. Because the first what? two days of Passover, I think, are the traditionally the most important ones. What is Passover? Like, oh, somebody so glad! Over oh, I'm so glad you asked, <laughs> Abe. <laughs> because of course the Passover tradition matters a great deal in both the uh, Jewish religion and also it's a it has a function in the in Christianity as well. Of course, because Jesus was it was his religion.
1: So this is an example. I guess I just did the food, but we didn't have Abe for Passover one year.
2: I'm not sure. I don't remember. I know that we did. You did Passover dinner a number of times, including Tyler. Yeah. With Tyler, we did, I think, did we do that? The thing with the haggadah did. I think
1: I just made the food.
2: Yeah, but you made the food. You made brisket every year around Passover for a few years in a row, and I'm sure Abe was there for one or two of those. But, but, but we I, didn't
0: I'm not this, an authority so on this, this, but
2: but you're... is brisket a thing? Yeah, brisket. It's like uh, a long cooked meat. It's no, no, I, mean, I know. But r- is that?
1: Is it, connected it's connected We Passover? were talking about it. It's traditionally done at Passover, but it's not like. Turkey at Thanksgiving level standard, I don't think.
2: I would talk it up. I'm a big fan of brisket. Okay. I, I didn't know this. Laurie, Mike D. Mike D. used to rave about Lori's brisket. Yeah, he Mike would, D liked that. He would post on Facebook about Lori's brisket and that sort of thing. Back when people used to post shit on Facebook.
0: I'm sure people do,
2: just not us. Um, anyway, we did Passover Seder at, uh, at Lori's mother's house with the kids. Lori's mother, of course, a notorious Jew. Or a
1: notorious
2: Jew, <laughs> notoriously <laughs> Jewish, uh, and therefore, Lori, also notoriously Jewish, and therefore, by legal extension and the transitive properties of my wife's vagina, Stop. my children are also could be welcomed into Israel if asked. Is it like an automatic bid, or is this like a Pretty
0: option? Much. Okay. I
1: mean, it's a, a couple hoops to jump through, I think, but in general...
0: The hoops are mostly a formality? They wouldn't reject?
1: I don't know. I might have to, like, go to a synagogue or something okay. and be like, hey, tell the tell them I'm Jewish, and then they'll do it. <laughs> or something.
2: But yeah, the, uh, like, the, getting
1: a, like getting a, an emotional support animal. Right. Sort of. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. exactly like becoming an Israelite is... <laughs> Emotional support animals. Um, We did Passover Seder at Lori's mother's house. Wonderful, uh, delightful meal, delicious food all around. The story, Abe, since you asked, the story that you tell at the Passover table is the story of the Jews. And they weren't even called Jews at at this point, but the, the, the Jewish peoples many, many millennia ago Leaving ancient Egypt and going across the desert, crossing the the, the Red Sea, and and finding their own land. The, the wandering many years in the desert in order to found. Were they
0: leaving by choice, or were they like? Right.
2: So they were enslaved by the Egyptian pharaohs, and in the in the retelling here, they were forced to do labor and to build all of their fancy pyramids and whatnot. And then Moses, you are, you are aware of Moses, I'm sure. Oh, Moses With was the
0: Commandments.
1: Yes, yeah. the, the, before that, but yes.
2: yes, same guy, same guy. But this is the the before he was famous Moses, though. Was, the, was Moses like really really old? Is he the one? By that's the like, time or,
0: we
1: got to the Commandments, yes, but he wasn't okay. born old.
2: We can't trust well, any of the yeah. numbers. Can't trust many but of the yeah, numbers in the Old the Testament. I mean, Noah was like 800 years old or something when he right. died. Like none of that, none of that <laughs> shit makes any sense. Although maybe, maybe, like, you know, back in the times of people just sunning their testicles all the time, men just lived much, much longer back in the, in the good old days. they counted
1: years differently. They didn't have daylight savings time.
2: Yeah, they still had the fucking moon, though. They still had the...
1: Maybe that's why. Maybe they're like 300 lunar years old.
2: Mm. like 300 moons old yeah i don't know i don't i don't i don't think that checks out uh anyway if
1: it checks out i'm just being generous
2: the uh egyptian pharaohs were uh super nervous about the firstborn israelite men or or sorry jewish men and so they would often uh have all the jew babies killed all the because the the pharaohs apparently had gotten word from their priests or sorcerers or whatever that uh that uh, from the from the jewry would rise somebody who would who would lead the jews oh. to salvation or something along those lines and so the pharaohs would would say look we got to kill all of the the firstborn males from the from the slave population and so moses's mother takes him wraps him in cloth puts him in a little bassinet and and Puts him by the side of the river, and then the Egyptian princess, uh, while bathing, lug- lug- luxuriating in the in the riverside, comes upon this baby and takes her in. And he's raised by Egyptians in in the palace, right?
0: Okay.
2: He then becomes disillusioned with uh, palace life because of the way the pharaoh treats the the Jew population, and he takes off. Uh, eventually, returning to set his people free, that he's aware of His
0: no. non okay, no, he just felt like okay,
2: no, he had to get that. He had, I think, he had to get that news from the burning bush,
0: yeah,
2: right? Where he goes, he's out in the desert, and the, the Lord speaks to him through the, the bush that's on fire but not burning away. Uh, that, of course, yes, and then he goes back and he's like, Uh, hey, you mean Pharaoh, you gotta let my people go. And when the Pharaoh's like, Fuck off, Moses, uh, God. Through Moses brings the ten plagues upon the uh, Egyptians, which I don't – could we – we just heard this story the other day. Can we get through all ten? There was the grasshoppers, right? So there's locusts. You going to help me out here, Laura, you you going to make I me mean, do it?
1: Okay, so dark
2: – Darkness, locusts.
1: Darkness, locusts, um, flies, slash beasts, blood, water, blood, blood right. to blood water. That's right, blood turned to
2: water. That's five.
1: Um – Cattle dying and boils.
2: Boils. Unpleasant. Oh, boy. Frogs. Frogs. Fucking frogs.
1: It would be tough for the frogs, too, in the desert.
2: Yeah. What's number nine? Because there's one more. We're not
1: in... at. We're at seven. Oh, that's eight. Thunder and lightning.
2: Oh, yeah. Storms. That's nine. Okay, and then ten. I'm pretty sure ten was that the uh, angel of one of God's own angels angel of death would come in the middle of the night kill all of the firstborns that that all of the firstborn children and that at the
0: behest of God wait a minute hold on
2: yes yes this is the this is the jew god this is the the book of the old the, you know the, the god of the old testament therefore it's right, but it's a just act the same
0: the same god is doing all of this because the egyptians were acting up but the Egyptians, in their acting up, were killing the firstborn, and now he's going to do the same through
1: yeah,
2: do boy. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So the, uh, Moses tells because, all his.:
1: No, because he's making a point, because it's let my people <laughs> he's go.. Because <laughs> it's let my people go, And the Pharaoh's like, "No, I don't care about the boils and the grasshoppers. I'm not going to let my free labor go." And then he's like, what if I kill all of your men when they're babies? Right. And then he's like, that sucked. Now they can go. Anyway, Moses... So the (laughs) important thing, though, is the Jews get word somehow of this angel of death coming around to kill all the firstborns. So they put the lamb's blood on the door so that the angel of death passes over... The, that
0: house
2: wow right because there's no other way to communicate to one of the lord's own angels who comes down from heaven and is intent on murdering all of the firstborn males in a in a in a country you can't the only way to effectively communicate that you're on his team is to paint your doorway with the blood of a recently sacrificed lamb of course, giving him some of God's omnipotent knowledge about where the Jews are and where the Egyptians are, in some sort of map or something. It priv-
1: like, there weren't maps yet.
2: Sure. And this information just
0: spread like wildfire. It Everybody didn't knew need to. to do this.
1: It was just a small area. It's one,
2: okay. of the, one of the very first memes in history, obviously. And the fucking angel of God comes and he slaughters all of the fucking poor Egyptian babies in their cribs at night. Righteously. Props to uh,
0: this angel of death guy. He shows restraint. props. I mean, like, he's not killing anybody who has a little uh, secret code or whatever.
2: No. That's right. Ultimately, uh, this, this finally seals the deal. Jews are allowed to leave. They take off through the desert with only the the food that they can carry on their backs because they're they're afraid that the pharaoh's going to change his shitty mind again and not let them be gone.
1: They're right,
2: right. And so the it's so fucking hot and unpleasant, and they didn't have time to let the bread rise that the bread bakes on their backs, and so that's the unleavened bread that they have to eat. So that's why you eat the gross cracker instead of eating like real bread. It's
0: not gross.
2: Gotcha. It's just it's, it's not pleasant either. It's like it's just. It's
1: good. Put butter on it. <laughs> they had butter.
2: Yeah, sure. They, they had no time to let the bread rise, but they had plenty of butter. Hey, you know they go across the desert, and Moses does the the trick where he parts the Red Sea. That's and not
1: yes the the parting the Red Sea.
2: Yeah, God does the the miracle, okay. and you can I of think course God that in that ends movie. up like it's funny because like in that instance, God parts the sea and all of the. All the Jews they walk across it through the seabed. I don't know. If, was this in the Ten Commandments or maybe some other produc- reproduction of this story, where they get to the other side and then God stops and it drowns?
1: Oh no, that's the story. Is
2: that is that Wait. from straight yeah, out of sea Exodus? Yeah, the
1: crashes in on the Egyptian sh- soldiers.
2: Right, because the what Egyptian happens. soldiers are are like chasing them down because yeah. the Pharaoh, you know, changed his fucking mind. And they get into the into the seabed, and then the Lord is like, "Ha ha, you fools!" and yeah. and lets the sea uh, drown all of the <laughs> Egyptian soldiers. What a story! This fucking guy. Anyway, the Bible. Yeah, so that's the that's the deal. You you do this. It's very sort of rit- ritualistic retelling of this. You, you read it out of a book called the Haggadah. And uh, each person at the table has a certain role to play and the children are supposed to ask the questions. And it's, it's supposed to be this sort of symposium style discussion about what it was like before. You take the bitter herbs and you dip them in salt water because the salt water is supposed to remind you of the... You Take
1: parsley and dip it in salt sure, water. Sure,
2: but you take parsley, you dip it in the salt water and then you eat it. And you're supposed to be reminded of the tears of your, your Jewish ancestors as they fled across the – and the hard work – like as slaves, they cried a lot, and you should be reminded of Jewish tears at the dinner Uh-oh. table. And
1: you eat uh, delicious apples and cinnamon and walnuts, but it's supposed to remind you of mortar.
2: <laughs> it's supposed to be bricks and clay. Wow. It's, deli- it's delicious.
1: It's, a, it's apples chopped up really small. It takes forever. And then cinnamon and then wine. They mix mix in it. It's really good.
2: Wow. Yeah, it's a tasty snack. Also, it's not at all like the bricks that you use in the construction of durable housing. So well, they
1: didn't eat that either.
2: Right, that's true. Anyway, the the whole point here is that Passover is pretty fucking weird. Like, it just in it just, I mean, would as somebody a, I mean, who's never sat down to a Passover seder, do you think that that's a fair description of of, of an odd thing, of something weird, perhaps, I mean, it's to an a outsider?
0: It's a religious, it's a religious
2: thing. thing, right? Yes, it certainly is a religious thing.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's I a religious don't know thing why. almost.
2: I mean, you say it's a religious thing, but I mean, there are secular, there are secular atheist Jews yeah. who continue to participate in. No, that's true. Yeah. So it's not really but, a religious thing, a cultural thing.
0: But maybe I, I never. I mean, I actually don't know the full story as to why Muslims don't eat and drink when the sun is up. Maybe to mo- it's a sacrifice emulate some thing. hardship that happened in the past. Yeah. I don't know. It it never made sense to me, so that's why I stopped doing it. But if it, you know, this other thing sounds pretty, pretty good. Nice dinner, you know. Yeah,
2: it's have a whole thing. It's fun, but above all, it's pretty weird. Right, but compared to what?
1: Right. Compared to a normal dinner.
2: Right, compared to ordering a couple of pizzas and wings <laughs> yes, from the fucking takeout place and putting the game on and Com- watching TV. To, yeah, it's like, weird compared not to that. doing that. Right,
0: that's true. By the way, early, at the top you're going on this uh, weird thing. It's totally fine to say something is weird. Yeah. Like, is weirdos, does it get the same pass? Like, little weirdos. I think
1: weirdos are the only interesting people in the world are weirdos i think you have three weirdos right here just chit chatting it up to each other
0: because i also i guess i have a broad definition of weirdos uh like the 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 weirdos that are going around different public libraries banning books i think they're weird
1: yeah Uh, but those are are also they're weird in a different way
2: i've used weird as an adjective and as a as a descript like, it's just a, it's like one of my go-tos. Like, it's just, everything's fucking weird. Like, there's, yeah, it's not necessarily derogatory. It's not necessarily a pejorative. It's just an acknowledgement that, I mean, I, I think it's safe to say that it's fucking weird to continue to pass that particular tradition on, especially if you are not yourself a religious person, right? Right. And I think it's, I think it's, I think it's weird to an extent. It's weird to me that I don't have any problem whatsoever with my kids encountering uh, religion. And this, despite the fact that I'm not like militantly atheist or anything like that, but I'm, I'm almost certainly militantly agnostic. Like, like the idea that, <laughs> that there is definitely some sort of an answer here, one way or another. And, and I, I certainly lean to the idea that any God, as described in any of the foundational texts, that I've read uh, out out of the major religions is no god that I want any anything right. to do with. Really, <laughs> I mean, as you're pointing out with the the god who comes down and righteously murders all of the Egyptian infant boys, why exactly? Not exactly clear. The
0: early years, he
2: turned the corner at some point, right? And and the miracles get better, right? I mean, although what what's a better miracle? Is the parting of the Red Sea so that the Jews can walk across the sea floor? Better or would it have been a better miracle if like Jesus walked on water to show the apostles that, that he could do it? First of if, all, if they had the all Jesus just walked just across stuff. the fucking ocean, right? Like that Oh,
0: that would be impressive, yeah. Th-
2: that'd be that'd be a better miracle, right?
0: Right. But I think it was like more magic what Jesus did, right? This uh parting of the sea, you can't fake that. That must have well, happened, just right? Make
1: everybody be nice to each other instead.
0: It's true.
2: That'd be a fucking miracle, <laughs> wouldn't it?
0: <laughs> I think God knows these fuckers are not going to do that. So,
2: uh,
0: I mean, It is interesting to me that I,
2: that I don't have much of a problem with my kids playing around in the sandbox of these sorts of beliefs that I find to be absurd and ridiculous. And this actually does tie into something that I wanted to talk about tonight, which we can get to in a minute, which is all of the, the way people freak out about... What kids are being taught in schools, and what you can find in your public library or not find in your public library, but I, I would have expected, and I don't know, maybe because I never really thought about what sort of a father I would be when I was fucking twenty or twenty-two or whatever. Like it, it's not something that I ever worried about or thought about, and it's not—it's literally nothing that I put any thought into now, uh, much I'm sure to my children's uh, detriment. Uh, where I I don't actually think about what it means to be a parent and what I should or should not be imparting to them. I'm just sort of, like with everything else, I'm just, here we are, we're going about the process yeah. here. Certainly not overthinking it too much. And it's just, it is interesting to me that I have no particular objection to them playing around in this, in this particular sandbox. And, well,
1: they're playing around in it, and that's key.
2: Right. Like and also... If-
1: If I suddenly got religious in any direction and started just telling them all the time, I don't know what religious people tell their children, but they turn out the way they turn out, like, you wouldn't be okay with that.
2: Right, and I think what it comes down to (laughs) is that I would have – I'd have a bigger problem or as big a problem if you were going about this in the opposite way, which is like – did you hear what they said there about jesus that's fucking bullshit like (laughs) Like, i don't think of it at all as incumbent upon me to reject anything that they hear or see or read or whatever because i think that that largely backfires most of the time anyway like there's no and they're gonna pick up what they're gonna pick up from me like katie it's fucking terrifying Like you ask Katie an opinion about something, and she has what is very nearly fully formed thoughts about whatever it is, and it's like, how the? Where where did that come from? It's like, oh, because she was fucking eavesdropping on me talking to the NPR program while I'm making dinner. The girl listens
1: to NPR more than any human should, and then Bob's (laughs) surprised when she knows what's going on in the
0: world. (laughs) Do, Do you think, Bob, that you were raised in a in a religious kind of thing and you came out on the other side of it you're thinking my kids will do the same if they can be exposed to whatever and they'll be fine do you think that had yeah
2: because i was i was raised catholic but i wasn't i I was raised catholic with all of the sacraments we went through the whole rigmarole the the different things and ultimately obviously i came to my own conclusions about such things but i would never what's that
0: it did not take no it did not it
2: certainly did not take the opposite happened And do I have some sort of vague worry that like, they'll get to like 15 or 16 and one of their friends will like invite them to church and they'll be like, Oh, what have I been missing my whole life? Like, and they they believe that they've found the truth or some sort of meaning in some fucking weird Christian sect. Like that would be a bummer. Uh, But I don't (laughs) don't expect it to happen either. You know, it's, Uh, it's funny. You mentioned
0: you weren't concerned when you were 20, let's say like, I was always concerned when I was younger. Like, what if my kid became, like, batshit crazy, like, like an Islamic extremist type, you know, despite all my efforts. Like, I would be hugely disappointed in my own child if that happened. (laughs) So far, it's not a concern because I don't have any such kid. But I was worried when I was younger that my kid would turn out to be some crazy weirdo, let's say.
2: Yeah, and I think that because I I do, like, I would worry and I, I wouldn't. I think that the entire shape of my relationship, like, like with Lori saying, what if she suddenly became Christian? You're like, well, I mean, first of all, I would fight you for custody and you'd never see your kids again. But, but like, which is obviously a terrible thing to think or say. Uh, but, but I would be, and it's not just the fact that she's, like, suddenly a born-again Christian, oh, but yeah. it's the fact that, like, Oh, something drastic has changed here, and we don't know who this woman is anymore. Who that would
0: be true if Lori became that. I'd be like, "Holy shit!" Right? Like, what the
2: fuck is going on? This 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 creature before us is not to be trusted. Uh, it has nothing to do with the particularities of the religion. It's right. just everything. Uh, also, the particularities of the religion. But I forget where I was going. But I do. I would like the shape of my. That's what I was saying. The the, the the shape of the relationship with my kids, if they became, like, born-again Christians who go to the mega church every week and they get married at 25 and start pumping out kids. Like, I, I would love my grandchildren. And I would do everything in my power to make sure that they didn't fucking turn out the way my kids turned out, as it turns out. <laughs> uh, but, like, I don't know if I could relate to them anymore. No, I don't, you would just uh,
1: fuck with them all the time. Right. They would hate me. And that, yeah. that would be right. such
2: a bummer. They would think that I was just this fucking living, breathing monster of a human being who is going to burn in hell. The way that, like, you know, many, many people in the world, no doubt, think of me. Many
1: of your family members. Yeah, plenty of,
2: as plenty of my family members think about me. Uh, and that would be a bummer. So I wonder, like, is that why people insist on their children believing the same things that they do? Fundamentally, And I wonder if we're going to have this, like—because we're becoming a much more secular, much less religious bunch of people. Does secularism have to transmit from one generation to another in the same way that Christianity has to transmit from one generation to another in terms of uh, the way it keeps relationships and, and familial relationships together? I don't know. It's, I don't know. Don't you think it's more likely that a lot of people will
0: backslide into some sort of religious thing, like, and not— continue i don't think that the
1: world has gotten exclusively more secular since the crusades right since the crusades like everybody got religious
2: yeah and around
1: then like islam was spreading as well right since that initial boom of religion we've had less and less and less and less and less and less do
0: you think it is it consistent? It wasn't like an ebb and flow? Like there had been periods where... I don't where think
1: so. I'm sure there's a measurement somewhere. But it seems okay. like, at least in the Western world...
2: I don't know. There's still compulsory fucking religious education in England. Yeah, like, you know, but like, that's...
1: Yeah. But are people considering themselves religious? Yeah, and I but, think yeah, I it's think... less every year since forever
0: since right. the Crusades-ish. but Crusades it seems like ish. the more the people... Are able to freely state their opinion, the number goes down. So maybe they were always not that religious, but that would have been a death sentence.
1: Yeah, centuries but that's ago. why I don't think that it would go back up.
0: Right, th- but the reason why I'm thinking maybe it'll go back up is because whatever religion served for people, it's seeping into the secular world. People trying to find weird yeah. things. So like, religion must have served some purpose. So like, I'm thinking maybe people will go back to that. They're like, oh, I'm missing this i don't know thing community fellowship it gives them an overri- an back.
2: overriding sense of purpose and narrative to their right. life that otherwise doesn't exist which is why the the metaphor that wokeism is becoming that social justice is sort of a rising religion in this country and, and in other parts of of western culture is almost certainly true like as as sort of facile and silly as the metaphor is uh it's almost certainly the case that that serves a religious function for a lot of the oh. people who pay attention to it.
0: Oh, oh definitely, definitely. Yeah. And
2: and yeah, Lori just shared it. Very, very amateurish bar chart. I'm just finding. I'm just line finding graph. Bar of, chart. this is a
1: line graph. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just
0: like.
2: <laughs>
0: You're I, kidding, Beth. <laughs>
2: I think Lori just made this in Microsoft Paint. (laughs) She just she just ran this up in Microsoft Paint real real quick to make her point. Uh, Graph by corner of church and state. Okay, Uh, but I I think I
0: bet you. I don't think it's going to go the
1: other way. Right, right. Because so much of it was only done. I don't. I'm trying to find a nice way to say it, and it's not working. You're
2: using the Crusades as a as, as a lynch point in history or whatever, but. In an important way, religion is a is the province of the middle class. It's the it's it's a luxury of people who are in relatively good uh, standing in the world. It's not something that the savages concern themselves with as much, right? Boy, uh, they have their.
1: Also, we have science now. That's a nice way to say it. We have scientific explanations for things that we didn't necessarily have before.
2: Right, but it doesn't replace the ultimate
1: no but desperate need in people people for meaning i know yeah i know
2: explanation is not meaning right
0: but there is a lot of uh there's this dogmatic element of i mean you said woke or whatever but there there are certain things maybe it it is seeping in in that way where it's like this is absolutely true and anything otherwise is like Absolutely yes, but wrong. wokeism like,
1: doesn't have holidays that they have rituals right. and celebrate that not, they have that, for thousands of years so I it mean, doesn't count they can say it's like a religion but it
0: it's not like right because it, did, that's it didn't have stupid. all the That's a stupid
1: way to say it
0: right that's why i'm i'm thinking people will go back i, I bet you these numbers the the second Link you sent, Laurie. I do like how the Jewish numbers, that's very stable. That's so yep. like, yeah, oh, we're just going to be well, right they here. Don't,
1: they don't add. We don't add.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> it's, I it, think it that just... the the sports fandom is more similar to religion than anything right. else. Right. That we, but we nothing... all know what the stupid Georgia traditions are and we have our chance. Like, that is closer to religion than anything else that right. people want to say.
0: But the thing is, sports and and politics and culture I guess, there's no like grander story, there's no what happens to your aunt when she dies, you know, like the religion, the reason why it's stuck around so long is because this is an explanation for everything. I mean a lot of it is just nonsense, but at least as an answer you know, hey, this is what's gonna happen, you know, go about your life. And so that's why I'm thinking if anything, people will just go back to that. Maybe.
2: I do want to transition us into the conversation about. I mean, it's sort of about CRT. It is sort of about uh, what's going on in libraries around the country.
1: Did you find out about the math books?
2: So the math books so in Florida. The, what Lori's talking about is that there was a new, there was news out of Florida this week that something like 41 out of 150 or something textbooks that were submitted to be part of the Florida math curriculum throughout Florida public schools, elementary schools next year, were rejected on the grounds that they contained either critical race theory or elements of common core that the Florida state, whoever the fuck, has determined they don't want in their schools or this social and emotional learning stuff – That apparently has upset some people where if you do – you're supposed to be teaching math, not social and emotional learning. And I haven't had a great deal of success in finding examples of the sorts of things that apparently pissed off the – Isn't it because there
0: aren't examples? Maybe I'm wrong, but I haven't actually seen any examples or justifications. And also maybe – I mean it's been a while since I was in high school or elementary school. Does that number not sound very high? How many different math books can there be? You
2: have it is it's a lot. It's a lot of textbooks to be distributing t- to a relatively small number of grades.
0: Right. You would right. think that How there would be. How many different levels are there in right. the elementary? And is it the like train A left at six p.m. and like? Is it I, the, I don't those know. Kind of That's why problems? I wanted right, to are, find that, out.
2: Florida has not provided any explanation or examples of the sorts of things that they were not that they had disallowed. So that it does not exist. And people have been asking for it mostly because, of course, it makes very good content to be able to tweet out something that Florida banned. And you can point at it as being, like, entirely innocuous and very silly. Right. And, Has but, anyone
0: done the Florida Republicans are canceling math? This is why China is eating our lunch? I'm sure, of yeah. Blah, blah, Although it blah, would blah, be blah. funny
2: if it was, like, a, a train leaves station in Orlando with... 114 Mexicans on it and a train leaves uh, from Miami with 11 white kids and 47 Cubans and they how long does it take them to get to St. Petersburg or whatever yeah who knows right. what sort of nonsense but
0: but it's weird how I mean the math book example aside but with the on the public library front where there's this sort of hostile takeover of these boards from Christian conservative women types uh it's like almost drawing more attention to something that no one would have known about if they didn't make the point like hey this one book displays I don't know something that they find objectionable but hardly anybody I mean I go to the library frequently there's nobody there right nobody's reading books like so this concern that you have about some kid reading something objectionable they're going to find A different avenue to to get the book. So I don't understand what this does except raise awareness for those books that you don't want people to read, which in turn will cause
2: them to read it. Just a couple of quick paragraphs here to to specify exactly the stuff that I was – Saying before, the highest number of books rejected were for grade levels K through 5, where 71% of submitted materials were deemed inappropriate under Florida standards. For middle school grade levels 6 to 8, 20% of materials were rejected, and for high school levels, 35% of textbooks were disapproved of. The department offered a breakdown of why the books were disapproved. 21% or 28 textbooks were not included because they quote, incorporate prohibited topics or unsolicited strategies, including CRT. 9% or 12 books were not included because they do not properly align to BEST, best standards, and 11% or 14 books do not align with standards and incorporate prohibited topics. So my guess is that the majority of these probably had like worksheets that in some form or fashion touched on the existence of racism or privilege or something along those lines and that those sort of watchwords are the sorts of things that gets them banned from math classrooms around the state of Florida.
0: Now, are these standards new? Like, could someone go to last year's decision-making process or five years ago and see that it was more just, like, pretty straightforward? Or maybe they were rejecting, the rejection rate was comparable? Because they could, you know, in, on their, in their defense, they can say, this is about how it goes. It's a meticulous process, and some books just don't make the cut. That's not unusual. You guys are making a big thing out of nothing.
2: Yeah, well, there was a DeSantis signed a law recently that makes it easier for parents to challenge books and instructional materials that parents don't approve of. I don't know if there was a new law specifically, I don't know if there was a new policy this year in particular that the Department of Education was adhering to, or if this was just a, a preemptive reaction to the fact that uh, parents. Now have it's now easier for parents to challenge uh textbooks moving forward and maybe they're just getting ahead of the game. Uh, so is
0: is this you know, enough parents complain, does this apply to anything? Like if there were enough parents that could objected to the portrayal of certain founding fathers and say you're not giving the full story and it's just too rosy of a picture and i find that objectionable are they going to do anything to address those concerns or is it just whatever their base wants because i mean if you open up room for parents to object i mean people are going to object over everything right yeah. and which is fine there should be input parental input but like how, what's the standard is it just one person said no and that was it like what was what bar do you have to meet before they say we'll get rid of it? It I just don't seems know. kind I, of random. You're,
2: you're asking to apply uh, rational logic to a moral panic, and yes. I don't think that that is the place for such things. Also, on that note, there was a piece in the Washington Post that I shared uh, earlier today. Uh, headline: Censorship. Censorship battles new frontier, your public library. Subhead conservatives are teaming with politicians to remove books and gut library boards. This uses uh, Texas, Lano, L L A N O, Texas, yeah, near Austin. Sure. I want to read a couple paragraphs from this. Quote. Panel members often stop to pray over questions brought up in meetings, and until the Lord answers, they can't resolve them, according to county officials who spoke on the condition of anonymity because they feared repercussions. That's pretty fucking weird. Uh, yeah.
0: There, there was, in that article, something about argu- making the argument so that people can't use this process to get rid of religious tax or something. So they're, they're kind of like trying to mask their true intentions, trying to disguise it. Uh, they're saying they're removing
2: things that have pornographic content quote god has been so good to us please continue to pray for the librarians that their eyes would be open to the truth rochelle wells a new member of the library board wrote in an email they are closing the library for three days which are to be entirely devoted to removing books that contain pornographic content so we've handed over control of uh, the libraries to people worried about The existence of pornography inside of libraries, which almost certainly doesn't exist, In January, commissioners commissioners voted to dissolve the existing library board, whose members came from friends of the library groups and the Women's Culture Club, and created a reconstituted board of mostly political appointees, including many of the citizens who had complained about books. A retired physician, Richard Day, a Democrat, was denied a seat despite having a master's degree in library science and experience managing the rare books collection at the University of Texas Medical Branch in Galveston. Cunningham said in a statement that the restructuring of the library board was in keeping with Texas law and past practices to allow for, quote, citizen participation from different perspectives. The all-female board is overwhelmingly white and Republican, records show. Now, the particulars of that case, I don't care. I don't live there. I don't care what happens inside their library. It would be better if uh, these little fucking micromanagers weren't so concerned with what other people are going to read or not read. Right. Uh, when they go to the library, obviously that is the case. Of course, this happens every year in school districts and school libraries all over the country where somebody gets it in their head that a certain book, say in in, in Tennessee last year, they kicked mouse out of the school district. They didn't ban it. They didn't rip it out of the libraries, but they kicked it out of the curriculum in part, it seems, because it depe- depicted uh, naked mice. <laughs> what? So, so, absurd. So, yeah, uh, right. So it's a, it's, a, it's a graphic novel. In other words, it's a fucking cartoon book, uh, a comic book that depicts the Nazis as cats and the Jews as mice. And uh, some of the mice get gassed to death while naked in gas chambers. And the depiction of that is considered pornographic, according to certain members of a school board in some fucking podunk county in Tennessee. And so they kicked it off the curriculum. And that's pretty silly. Uh, Does that mean that they're, like, purging books and there's book burning happening in Tennessee? No, it means that a bunch of fucking stupid prudes who run the school board, who they put in charge of the library there, or in charge of the school curriculum, uh, got their hands on a little bit of power. And when idiots get power, fucking idiotic things happen. A lot of this CRT stuff, a lot of this discussion about what is or is not being taught to your children in schools and how people are being indoctrinated and how kids are being brainwashed by being told that they have privilege or that or that they're victims if they're a certain race or what have you i don't want to automatically try to have a contrarian take here to an extent that's just what's built into me i guess and maybe that's where this comes from but who are these kids who are showing up in school and the teacher says to them it tries to impart some lesson and they walk out of there as the, and now their brains have been Xeroxed into having that opinion and they just can't think anything else. Right. Like, like, <laughs> in what world are we sending our kids as blank slates into these schools and they're coming out as the perfect copies of whatever it is that their teachers want them to be? I've never right. – it was not my experience in school whatsoever. You go in and you hear some bullshit in a classroom, you say to yourself as a – fucking rational and intelligent person that sounds a little bit like bullshit to me Yeah, and you read more about it or you think more about it and you come to your own conclusions or more likely you fucking go home and beat off and play video games and think about (laughs) the Braves game I mean, not right. to make it entirely about me, but, like, like in all likelihood, <laughs> you leave that place, and you go, and you smoke a bowl, and you hang out with your friends, and it never fucking occurs to you again, because you're fucking 15. And no one right. is being indoctrinated in the public schools, because nobody pays fucking attention. Like, I,
0: Yeah, I, I suspect that this has nothing to do with the kids, right? It's the parents. It's kind of like the stupid participation trophy stuff that people were shitting on the kids for as if they had a say in the matter right uh but maybe it was the pandemic you know all of this at-home learning and maybe one busybody parent caught whiff of something that you know during the remote learning that they didn't like and they raised a big stink i don't know where this came from maybe this is retribution for all of the statutes coming down like oh you're gonna be an asshole that way we'll be assholes this way i don't know what it is but i don't think Because there's any real concern about children reading the wrong thing. Half of these books that I see on these lists, the kids are not reading anyways, right? So I don't even know where this is coming from because it's – like there there still has not been like this great case study example for CRT or for anything. It's just like this vague something is happening, pedophilia, just people just saying stuff and they're like, well, we need to take action. And if you are against taking action, you must be for this imagined problem, right? And then I don't even know how do you counter that. Like, do you just let them – do you let the moral panic just kind of subside on its own? Just like, okay, they're acting stupid. The actual harm isn't that great. Let's wait until the dust settles and then say, remember when you were being a fucking idiot for those few months in 2022? Like, I don't know if that's the better strategy to just, like, let – this this bad argument fall on its face on its own. This is always your strategy,
2: to, like, by the way. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. This is the Abe the Abe go to is like yeah yeah. yeah it's fine. eventually this will sort itself out. The I'm The toddler sure. is
1: having a temper tantrum. You can't give in to the toddler. You just have to let the toddler have its temper tantrum, and then it will be fine.
0: Yeah. I. This is not a hypothetical. I apply this at work all the time. At the beginning of the week, a lot of people are making a big thing. Oh, we got a big problem. And I just say this problem is going to resolve itself. And then on Friday, like clockwork, it resolves itself. The only difference is no, that's I did because not because
2: everybody needs to fuck, fuck you. I'm going home. We'll deal with this on Monday. That's <laughs> how <laughs> it's resolved. And then Monday it's sucks usually, again. Most of the problems are like the computer's acting
0: up or whatever. They think, oh, they think, oh I don't have whatever, access to something. It's like it'll sort itself out. But like... The alternative is, like, if you kind of, like, going back to my old rip current thing, like, you know, if you're caught in a rip current, don't, like, overreact. Don't just, it'll pass, right? Yeah, it'll pass. And then
2: you're fucking 40 miles down shore. (laughs) Yeah, but then
0: you can (laughs) then circle back. But if you're trying to fight the current, you're going to die, right? Yeah. So it almost seems like they want the reaction. It almost seems like they're trying to draw you into this because the Florida thing is patently absurd. There's, like, no example. There's no, like... Concrete standards, everything's vague. And so, like, it's almost inviting people to say, look at these dum-dums. And then DeSantis or some other idiot can say, look at them. They're pro-grooming or pro-pedophilia or whatever nonsense, right? Pro-trying
2: to indoctrinate the the children into CRT in the guise of a 2 plus 2 equals 4 conversation, right?
0: Right. And it's remarkably effective. As stupid as it is, so I'm wondering, like, is it better just not, not to take the bait? To say, okay, yeah, probably, and
2: and for what it's worth, as I was saying, as we've said before, maybe I just went to like spectacular, spectacular schools and don't realize it, but like every good class that I was ever in was was a discussion. It was an it was right. a back and forth between the students and the instructor. Or, or and, and even if I was, the, like, I, I just never had a problem being the only one objecting to whatever the person at the front of the room was saying. And it just surprises me that people think so little of their own children and that they think so little of their own ability as parents to either correct for what they're being taught in school, if it's something that you personally disagree with, or to give your kid the space to explore these ideas and come away with their, like, like how, how fragile is the "Quote unquote truth" that you're trying to impart to your children that it can be dismantled by them having to do a privilege worksheet or whatever right. at the, in their AP English class. And I, I, right. if if it's that fragile, then what what are you hanging on to in the first place? What makes it even dumber?
0: Again, I don't think that this, these things are being raised in good faith, but like these kids have phones that have they have access to all kinds of smut. Content, all kinds of nonsense, right? And you're worried about somebody being able to go to the public library and renting something out, or I don't know, some word math math word problem like that's gonna instead of like focusing on the actual challenging part of the 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 problem that they're like, Oh, they're talking about two women that are dating each other. I don't know, I don't know what these examples are, uh, whenever it comes out, but like they're kinda worried about the wrong thing. It's just like a weird, needless distraction
2: speaking of needless distractions tucker carlson has a new season of his oh, nice documentary point. series on on the fox streaming platform wait a second fox you're Nation.
1: implying that there was a first season that we didn't watch
2: correct of. this is we're now into the site well the first season included the documentary so-called that caused chris wallace to finally break from fox which is the thing where tucker was saying that Maybe the insurrection wasn't an insurrection, and it was actually just patriotic Americans or what have you. But he's got a new series and a new solution for uh, what ails us as a nation, and it's uh, that you should take your balls out in the sunshine in order to increase your testosterone. Now, it will not surprise you that I am not particularly interested in and having this conversation the way that the rest of the liberal media is having this conversation on Twitter. But I will, however, now... I don't know if this will convey in audio form or not. No. I guess we'll find out, but I'm going to play it for us anyway.
1: If you, if you do right. the like descriptive text audio, it might.
2: I'm seeing large shirtless men wrestling each other. And then a, a naked man standing in front of a white-looking monolith having his junk illuminated by a bright red that light there is
1: a guy lifting a tire
2: that man is large and wearing gray sweats and lifting a tire blurred out. that man is chopping a large tree as oh, they say and those hard times inevitably produce men who are tough men who are resourceful now that's that's raw eggs oh. like strong enough
0: like rocky eggs
2: yep. yep. going
0: to re-establish order and so it's another
2: it's man standing in front of a red lighted monolith says the end of men
0: by the way I, i'm confused by the uh, end so he's talking up dudes right and he's this is going to be about the opposite of that
2: like right so and this is why i don't want to have the conversation in the way that all the twitter assholes are having it which is and by the way two already now op eds in the washington post two columns in the washington post just today one by philip bump and another by, let me see if I can find the other one. The other by Dana Milbank. Uh, these, those are both men. The Phil, Phil, and Dana, both men. Dana Milbank's is why Tucker Carlson wants men to aim lasers at their private parts. Uh, Philip Bumps is given endless resources. Tucker Carlson zeroes in on UFOs and testicles, and they both spend their their column inches devoted to making fun of. First, making fun of the fact that this is what Tucker is concerned about in the sort of homoerotic undertones or sort of overtones of the project yeah. <laughs> um, but then also they tie it directly to how this is where our fascistic right is going right that this is what white- white nationalism evolves into, which is it's he's he's doing this as a ploy to to whatever to sell supplements or something to his racist misogynistic forgotten man narrative people who are in his audience but that ignores the fact and forgive me uh for having a memory for this sort of thing but this is by no means the first time that the notion of uh doing naked spreadies to the glorious sun has been employed as a way of improving male virility and like and female virility and it was This is like Gwyneth Paltrow goop stuff. Uh, Like There there was a a health influencer who just in 2019 went fucking mega viral and got write-ups in all of the big culture sites because she posted a video of herself doing a naked handstand, uh, doing basically naked yoga on the beach and proselytizing the virtues of getting the sun all up in your taint. So, like, it's not new. I'll put links in the show notes if you fucking prurient weirdos out there want to see what I'm talking about. Uh, But also, before that, this was a thing. There's a men's health article that I found from 2017, headline, I put a giant red light on my balls to triple my (laughs) testosterone levels. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to share this image. How did you uh, come across this, bub? uh first of all i'm not answering that question uh and it's that's targeted the,
1: advertising that's is the, the answer
2: that's the good joke to make there uh, but i i don't know like i can't it,
1: see it oh it's just
2: do you see that guy by the way
1: yeah i see that guy yeah, i that, thought i was gonna he's making a face see.
2: like you would think a guy would make a face if he were shining giant red lights on his balls
0: this seemed like a bad idea. I right? feel like... This seems like a bad idea. Right?
1: It says at the top right, there, so I'm not you... really a nudist, but the last time I was at a nude beach, it's uh, like, well, all right. I've never been to any because I'm actually not a nudist. Yeah.
2: All right. So that, like I said, is 2017. However, in my Googling, because I, this is something that I have remembered in the past, like like coming across and laughing about, which is... Uh, and and as for me, you know, this sort of thing it always comes back to baseball. Do you remember years ago there was controversy because a baseball player had talked in some interview about how he peed on his hands in order to toughen them up that he would. <laughs> 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 you remember that? <laughs>
0: I do not know. <laughs> so there, there was a baseball player
2: Moises Alou, and there was oh, a. Oh, I know uh, Moises Alou. Yeah. yeah. Moises Alou and Philippe Alou were uh, father son. Philippe Alou was the, uh, is the father of Moises. But Moises Alou was the guy who admitted, I mean, admitted, I guess, is the word to use. But he talked about peeing on his hands in the shower. And he was, uh, he was what we call, in the, he, he, he didn't wear batting gloves. He was a raw dogger. He'd get up okay. there without batting gloves on and just grip that wood bat with his hands. And he said that, the, that pissing on your hands toughens them up. Anyway, that has nothing to do with the uh, getting sun on your balls thing, but the point is is that I have often stumbled across funny health advice from the from the baseball world. And I remembered getting hearing about this from baseball. So Gabe Kapler, who was once the head coach of the yeah. Philadelphia Phillies for a few years, he used to work for the Dodgers as well. Gabe Kapler's this is from 2015, a headline 2015 in a Gabe Kapler blog, he he said, "Get a nice tan on your nuts." Uh, If you want to be your strongest, get some sun on your boys. And by boys, I mean your testicles. Kapler writes about—this is from Deadspin. Kapler writes about how—like this real Deadspin. Deadspin before they got zombified and are just like the Daily News now or something. Before the uh, Hulk Hogan sex tape? Right. Kapler writes about how vitamin D, which you mostly get from sunshine, is important for testosterone production and that baseball players likely don't get enough of it because they're suited and booted with a cap on out in the field. Kapler's solution to this problem is for baseball players to sunbathe in their birthday suit and get some soul on their cojones. And he cites a 76-year-old observational study that shows that men who had UV radiation directed at their bare chest increased testosterone by 120%, while those that had it aimed at their coin purse, uh, you know, their, their cock and balls, Increased testosterone by two hundred percent. Now that's obviously an do you, old study. Uh, do
1: you people really need more testosterone?
2: Right. So, but right. that so that is an interesting phrasing of the question because it's worth it's worth knowing anyway as a, as a point of interest. This is from uh, PubMed.gov, the uh, National Library of Medicine, National Center for Biotechnology Information. Abstract of a paper. I'm going to read from. The summary says, there exists substantial data to suggest a decline in sperm counts over time. Although causative factors have yet to be fully elucidated, potential causes include increased rates of obesity, poor diet, and exposure to environmental toxins. How this decline in sperm counts reflects fertility is yet to be determined. As such, further studies are necessary, blah, 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 blah. The point being that this is a potential problem for the thriving of the human species among other but things
0: that's from. so is it a problem when you have as some would observe an overpopulation right maybe we're kind of balancing things out you know when we have a good number of people the numbers go down number goes down it goes up you know it's all so that seems to be a more pressing concern also aren't you going to get cancer this way like maybe i don't know anything about right cancer, so in the, but men's, the men's
2: health article the guy talks about how he was he put the big red light on his balls and it's an led light and you're getting a little bit of uv radiation but it's not like you're and then there's people like in the same way that people when rogan was talking about ivermectin right which by the way there was another study that came out in the last couple of weeks that sort of puts the final nail in the coffin yeah. of the ivermectin thing which it's interesting to me that that doesn't get nearly as much play as making fun of people for taking horse paste does. Right. That the, the final conclusion is that it doesn't hurt and it probably doesn't help with but the mitigation. But more
0: importantly, it does not help at all, it seems like, which is either way, whatever they came up with, it would have just been wise if everybody just waited until that. Right. Instead of just like. Right. But, but the point is that, position.
2: of course, fucking idiots like Joe Rogan are going to get on the bandwagon of unproven medical things. Right. That's, right. What, that's what fucking idiots do. The point is that the entire fucking establishment doesn't have to tell lies about it. They right. can just tell the truth about it because yeah. eventually the science will bear it out one way or another, as it seems to have happened here. But I don't know how I got myself uh, sidetracked with Ivory. about
1: Joe what? Rogan, obviously. The uh, cancer balls.
2: And his
0: right. ivermectin.
2: So sunlight exposure directly to the testes reportedly has an even more profound effect, boosting production in Leydig cells, the cells that produce testosterone, by an average of two hundred percent. And this guy says that he was that he had probably uh, vitamin D lack anyway, and that he could get more exposure to that, but also like. You know, you don't want to sunburn your balls just like you don't want to sunburn anything else. And, oh, I remember what I was saying, which is that people were saying, oh, these idiots are going to microwave their balls. And now they're not going to be able to reproduce anymore. And this is actually good. So good work, Tucker. Like, nobody's talking about that, right? Like, And nobody is, is suggesting that you go out there and lay in your backyard until your balls turn bright pink. And, and none of this would even... Like, be coming up in this completely dismissive and oh, this is all just secretly gay stuff way. If Tucker wasn't someone who was already outside of the acceptable uh, conversation, right? It is because Tucker is the one saying this that this is automatically denounced. And it, like, if this is. A perfectly acceptable way for men with low testosterone to boost their testosterone then why the fuck not and i don't understand why there's this automatic i mean i do understand why there's an automatic rejection of it it's because it it smacks of hucksterism and it smacks of like the forgotten man narrative stuff it does and it is right i mean i don't understand there are other
0: ways right i mean with a lot of people have vitamin D deficiency. I did. I went to the doctor. They ran a test. They gave me some prescription, whatever, vitamin D medication,
2: whether I didn't I know told, existed. My
1: doctor also told me to get more vitamin D. And right,
0: I'm... and... and And then after
2: the prescription— And 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 she dismissively—I bought a big bottle of vitamin D just for myself because, like, at some point in the last two years, I was like, I'm probably not getting enough vitamin D. And so in addition to my daily multivitamin, I bought a big bottle of vitamin D. I was like, hey, I got some vitamin D there. And Lori's like, "Ah, I don't take vitamins.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, funny aside, now I realize where the volleyball thing uh, started— so after my vitamin D prescription ended, the doctor's like, you know, after that, your numbers are going to be solid. Just go outside for a few minutes daily, you know, like on a regular basis. And then I was like, oh, I'll just watch people play volleyball. Now I remember this is totally irrelevant to anything we're talking about. But that's where it's my volleyball – It's never Abe irrelevant when wants to talk that's about perfect. volleyball. <laughs> anyway. But anyways, there are other ways. But if
2: this is – Sure, the, there are other
0: ways. The po- but, but like
2: – it's probably also, not is this harming. The point?
0: Is this the, so I'm still confused because when I first saw the clip, I thought it was a parody of something. I didn't know what. It does look like, like that. What is – this is not about putting UV whatever in your balls, right? This is like some sort of like by accommodating pregnant service members in the military, America is becoming soft and we need to be tough or some bullshit like that, right?
2: Yeah, that is certainly also part of it. But then there's also this. You saw in the clip there, um, if you want to optimize and take it uh, to another level, expose yourself to red light therapy. Yes. Um, And the juve um, that we were using in the documentary, there's a massive amount of— Which is testicle tanning. It's testicle tanning, but it's also full-body red light therapy, Uh which has massive amount of benefits. And there's so much data out there um, that isn't being picked up on or covered. So,
0: obviously, half the viewers right now are like,
2: what? That's testicle tanning? That's crazy— But my view is okay. Testosterone levels like crash, and nobody says anything about it. That's crazy. So why is it crazy to seek solutions? It's not crazy to seek solutions. And I think um, I was recently exposed to a term called bromeopathy. and I think there's a lot of people out there right now that um, are don't trust the mainstream information, and they're taking. Let's trust the quack. So the thing that's worst about this is is the the fact that it's. It, it immediately turns into bromeopathy, right? It immediately yeah. turns into homeopathic medicine, but for dudes. By the way, is this... this is a
1: great screen... T- ah, gra- oh, you went back. Just
0: their faces this, right uh, there were good. Tucker Carlson original. Is this on their streaming platform or just yeah, on, on, on actual... it's on
2: Fox Nation. Okay.
1: I just finished listening to that podcast about... The wellness industry. Yeah,
2: great podcast. It's called uh, The Dream. The dream it's episode the or season, season one is about multi-level marketing scams, pyramid schemes, and season two is about the wellness industry. Both both very good seasons. I, and it,
1: I mean, she does a good job. Just saying, like, it targets people who, for whatever reason, decided not to trust medicine, and so for some reason, trust something else. Right. Like, which is, it's, if you're not going to trust stuff, don't trust stuff. But, like, right. don't trust this guy over anybody else.
0: Yeah, that is the most infuriating thing. I can understand the mistrust on the main stuff. Yeah. But how do you then go to, like, blindly trusting just some Yahoo? Because For what they're it's worth, sales.
2: Not, not everyone, not everyone is going to blindly trust some Yahoo. For example, Kid Rock. Ladies and gentlemen, so our dude, our cameraman, I, I this Tom Fox, is in your house right now. Yeah, he is, dude. Stop. Testicle tanning. Come on. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard anything open, that good in a long your, time. Open I'm your starting, mind, Bobby. I'm I'm starting a punk rock band, and it's called Testicle Tanning. That's the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> think you'll be massively successful but i mean don't you think at this point when so many of the therapies the paths they've told us to take have turned out to be dead ends that have really hurt people why wouldn't open-minded people seek new solutions i I don't know what the hell is going on in this world i'm not even sure if i understood that question but some days i just want to stop this planet and let me off like
0: it is remarkable now this is literally it's good to what know that even, to even Kid
2: Rock has his limit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but I mean, if you spring that on somebody, it's like I swear it does come across as a joke and it's like am I
2: missing something? Like this is Right. And no, it's because people joke. who
1: are good at selling things are very good at selling things.
2: Right. And and for what it's worth, like you can get up off your couch and instead of standing passively in front of a fucking light do an hour of exercise every day, and that naturally boosts your testosterone levels, right? Get some sun, and the vitamin D goes up. And yeah, there will always be hucksters. There will always be, always be people selling nonsense. It's just amu- it was amusing to me. What it takes to get people to come down on obvious bullshit now is that they have to be associated with the wrong team, and then right. we can all then we can all dunk on them. Right. But if they're not automatic, if they're not associated with the wrong team, if instead this had been something that showed up on the view, I, the view is a bad example. But like, like if,
0: in the old school Oprah days, you know she would have a bunch of quacks on her show. And people would buy into it.
2: Right. It's just um, it's amusing to me that quackery, which knows absolutely no partisan valence, yeah, right? Yeah. It, it, it but if we can if we can pre-sort someone into one of the acceptables or one of the not acceptables, then we have no problem whatsoever pointing out how this is total nonsense.
0: Not not for nothing, and uh the listeners can't see this, but earlier, Bob, you had the man's journal article. It says something about it being expensive. So is this like a much more expensive option that they're promoting,
2: right? So this uh, this Juve, and this was 2017. So this is not current prices. I mean, we've got fucking eight percent inflation on ball lights too. I'm sure. Uh, if, you're, uh,
0: if you're doing budget cuts, this would have to be the first to go, right? Even before Netflix. Like if you're at home, I'm and going you need to, to ruin
2: ruin my fucking Google search results for the next three years by searching this product. Uh, but the. That's what Bing is for. Yeah, the Juve Mini 3.0 is now on sale for $1,000. See? Uh, That's $1, a one-time
1: purchase.
2: Or you can finance it at $91 a month. Yeah, <laughs> but either you're way, you're, you're, you own
1: this thing for the rest of your life. This how, many, like...
0: how much did uh,
2: the big bottle of vitamin D pills
0: cost? Uh, at uh, Costco, thousand, it was
2: like $9 or something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And that's what I'm saying. I don't Regardless care of, if
2: it's a one-time purchase or not. How do you explain to your kids why there's a? a <laughs> there's
1: I mean, a, I would a, hope that you're sunning your male children's a red balls LED as well. No? Array
2: under my desk as I'm writing, <laughs> as I'm sitting here trying well, to get work done. Uh, n- not to get graphic, but like. Is that
0: the application? Do you have to be naked or can you be like in your i you pretty desk sure you and... have
1: to be naked? Yeah, like you, you don't get sun through your clothes most of the time, you know. This is
2: this is old school quackery too. Like and I, and who knows like and and I call it quackery because I don't know and that's I, that's the it is
0: the... 100%
2: quackery. 100%. I right, right.
1: right, back to why the fuck do you need more testosterone than you already have? <laughs> that <is a> good... <laughs> you guys are the worst. All
0: right. Yeah,
1: because basically, like what less is the, uh, testosterone would probably serve you well.
0: Nothing no, wrong a, with a little testosterone, but like it didn't no, have a pretty good strong resume. A little. little. The more, but the, we don't
1: need all of it. We right. don't Need to put sunshine on balls just to get more testosterone.
0: Right. Agro dudes are uh, high on testosterone, right? That's never a good thing. It's all all things. I know
2: is that I plan this summer poolside with the whole family gathered for our Fourth <laughs> of July Eagle. gathering. Bob,
0: who never takes <laughs> look, his shirt off,
2: look at the here, pool. folks. I'm. From 2 to 2.20 every day this fucking week, you you can either deal with the fact that my balls are going to be out, or you can wait inside for 20 minutes, and this is just how it's going to be. This is the new uh, public brush feeding uh,
0: thing, initiative. That's right. (laughs)
2: Uh, I've got a prescription here for my medicinal weed and for... Me to lay out in Central Park with my balls oh, out, and man. you bothering me about it is the sex crime, not the other way around.
0: there's a hundred percent chance that Tucker's getting kickbacks on this uh, scam all right Probably of yeah
2: all right, let me find something here I, I, There's plenty of other things to talk about. I also want to do I want to make sure that we get in an episode of America's favorite game show. Uh, did Mark Strassman oh. CBS News is Senior national news correspondent, get off a good one. I'm not going to set this up at all. In part because I want to give everyone the chance to react. Because uh, when I saw what happened, I laughed out loud, and I don't want to. I don't want to prejudice the jury here, but <laughs> but here we go.
1: Here's Mark Strassman. Fastball is a high
0: drive the deep left center field. Buckner goes back.
2: Sound. Sometimes it chronicles. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the deep south. Shocks. moment As we see
0: flames oh, billowing and smoke billowing out of the World Trade Center tower.
2: Stirs. That the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. In 1999, Ricky Martin's pop hit,
0: Electrify. Okay. "Living La Vida Loca, the chart topper in 20 countries, became a portrait of a changing
2: America. I think it was a doorway into seeing Latinos as an admirable thing to be. Desmond Child co-wrote the song. The legendary pop songwriter and producer did more than get people on their feet. Living La Vida Loca is a Latin pop anthem, it's a stadium filler. The success of Ricky Martin and Living La Vida Loca opened the door for Mark Anthony, for JLo, for Santana, for all of these Latin flavored influences that all came together to create the Latin music explosion. That's culturally significant. That's
0: why the national recording industry wants the song in its archives.
2: Is this the most significant song you've written? Well, I have to say now that we're going into the Library of Congress. You don't know the, the emotion and the pride that I have uh, being an American, uh, also being a Latino, to have this kind of success. Some moments strike a chord. That's Mark Strassman, CBS News, Atlanta last. Some did he moments actually, strike no, a chord. Did,
0: did he actually <laughs> compare 9-11, what was the FDR thing? It, it Pearl starts with Hank Aaron. <laughs>
2: it starts with Hank Aaron hitting number 715 <laughs> and the radio call of that, followed by the burning buildings, the smoke, the smoke thing. rising from the towers on, on 9/11. <laughs> FDR, followed by FDR. Same thing.
1: The only These thing are we have to fear is same. fear, <laughs> fear <laughs>
2: itself. Fear <And> then... <laughs> itself, <laughs> and then. No,
1: no, 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 no. 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 Those wow. are all four the same thing. When I saw that Mark thing.
2: Strassman did a report. Um, The guy who wrote Live in La Vida Loca, I knew that it was going to be in the show, but I did not expect that the report would start with three (laughs) grand historical moments in America's history and then cut smash cut to Ricky Martin doing his thing. I don't know
1: how you do anything to Live in La Vida Loca except smash cut, though. Like, That's fair. That is the correct way to live La Vida Loca. You do
2: not fade in no. to La Vida Loca. <laughs> it must surprise you. And it's always you. right. It's it <laughs> must surprise right. you directly out of the smoke-filled remains of the World Trade Center.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. No,
1: after FDR is when it makes most sense. They did that right.
2: Anyway.
0: Fear itself. It's just a it, random collection of things. Like I don't I mean, where's the producer when you need him to rein Strassman in?
2: To be fair, those were all things that also went into the Library of Congress this year in the the recording catalog. So So there's some reason that he chose them. But it is so poorly constructed as a a piece of journalism (laughs) that it's not clear at all that that is what is in fact why they were chosen. It just seems like he's highlighting other great moments in American history that we should be happy and proud about uh, Abe did Mark Strassman I think that the, the, the only real opportunity there was at the end when he says uh, some moments
0: strike a chord
2: that's La Vida Loca that's living La Vida Loca did he get off a good one Abe? no sorry Mark oh Strasser
1: Anyway, good night.
2: I love you, man. I want to talk here now about uh, Jared Carmichael's new special rather than do this in the ending segment because I think there's I want a little it's bit not more sure, sp- Rod. a little bit more space for this one. That's his middle name, right? Right. I don't know. I think you fucking
1: it's fucking give it all away. I
2: mean, he he gives it the name of the special gives it all yeah. away, so Name of the special—it's on HBO Max now. If you subscribe to that, is uh, Rothaniel? It's uh, new in the last couple of weeks, I think. And it is of the—it's a stand-up special, ostensibly, but it is—it is of the sort of Bo Burnham, and actually Bo Burnham uh, directed, directed this yeah. uh, comedy special
0: and edited
2: and edited. Yes, presumably made a lot of the decisions about how it would be filmed and recorded and all of that. And I, I credit where due. I think it it looks great as a piece of as as a work. I think it it works, it all hangs together. It, it's shot well and it's shot very intentionally and certainly well done. But it is also in addition to being sort of of that intensely confessional sort of Nanette yeah. style of stand-up comedy. It is not an hour of punchline traditional jokes. stand-up. Yeah. Right. It is highly confessional let's start with what you thought of it because you watched it as well did you enjoy
0: yeah i actually watched it today the day of the recording i I caught like a few minutes at, you know when it came out and i was like i'll circle back to it because whatever uh i actually liked it i mean maybe uh, because you bob said that you had some issues i was like okay that's gonna be something kind of terrible because on the same platform hbo there's um The widely panned – I haven't seen it – Bill Maher's new special, but apparently that's Mm. like awful. So I was like, well, maybe –
1: Bob's issues, and I don't know anything yet, surely is not with the special itself, but with the idea of the special and what it means about comedy that existed before and will exist in the future and also as it exists now.
2: My critiques are, are as usual – they're born out of the text itself. They 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 are of the thing itself. Do they also speak to wider, grander cultural issues? I'm sure that they do. Right. But I also think that it was funny. Uh, it was it was. He's obviously very a uh, funny individual and talented, and knows what he's doing, which I think is a, a is a big part of what's going on here that I react to negatively, which is that he very much. Knows what he's doing here, uh, which is not to say that it is inauthentic. It's it's not to say that the thing that he's do, that 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 something false is happening, but the idea that somehow in, in much much of what my problem with the Bo Burnham special was was how much of what's going on here is Bo Burnham doing a thing, and how much of it is Bo Burnham doing a thing about doing a thing, and uh, yeah, where is the fourth wall, and when you're, is you're he talking glancing about the
0: inside at- the yeah. yeah, yeah, the, the okay.
2: inside with Bo Burnham, which I thought had some incredible highs, including that uh, uh, that one particular song Welcome about Welcome
1: to the Internet. Welcome to
2: the Internet, which is just a fantastic observation and and uh, as I said when we talked about it last year uh, when it debuted, feels like it could have been written as a response to the opening essay that I posted on my on my blog on at, at Brain Iron. Sort of it. It is in direct conversation with the foundational ethos of my stupid personal brand website. So, of course, I like it. But also, I had other sorts of problems with it. And with this special, which I'm not spoiling anything by saying that this is a comedy special in which he spends the first 20 minutes talking about all of the secrets of his family, uh, specifically that his father and grandfathers were philanderers. They were... Uh, they cheated on their wives and had lots of children out of wedlock and that those were secrets that were kept in his family. And then he says about 20 or 25 minutes in – this is only like an hour a, an hour and yeah. change of a, of a comedy special. He says, and I feel weird about uh, talking shit about all these men in my family who have secrets when I've been walking around with a secret – that I've been keeping from them my whole life. I've been keeping from you, the audience, my whole life. And to an extent, I was keeping it from myself for a long time as well. And then the big reveal, he says, I'm gay. Right. Uh, And then there's a pause, uh, uh, a long, relatively speaking, anytime that you're in a room full of people and no one is talking, pauses sort of feel elongated. So I'm not sure how long exactly the pause was, but then eventually somebody does the woo thing that people do when they right. are cheering. And then there's, there's clapping and people, they cheer and they clap because he came out of the closet there in front of them. And he acknowledges that though they're clapping for him because they, they are acknowledging the audience is, is saying you have done a brave thing, right? This is some you are to be commended for having done a brave thing here. Right. He acknowledges almost immediately, this is not particularly brave, given the setting. Like I'm in a jazz club, I'm in a jazz club doing a, a comedy performance in front of a bunch of young New Yorkers who, who are cosmopolitan right. and progressive and know what the fuck the score is here. Nobody is going to. I'm not going to be kicked out, and right. and like I'm not going to be stoned in the street for a, announcing that I'm gay. Here, it's 2022, after all. Uh, I know the sort of world I live in and I know the, the, I know my peers essentially is what he's saying, uh, but he all, he further acknowledges that he is basking in that sort of appreciation and in, in the adoration that comes with coming out in that way. Now, why does that bother me? What, what is it, what is it about this that I don't care for? It, it,
0: it's interesting you mentioned that because again, I just watched it, uh, his body language was very, like, kind of unsettled, even though he's very comfortable in silence. Like, a, I, I always think like the hallmark of a good comedian is like where they're not concerned about the quiet parts. They can kind of get the audience back uh, because they know what they're doing, that there's a certain competency that they have. But I right. think he's, like he's
2: in, I'm sorry to interrupt, he's yeah. in perfect control. You're, you're making right. a point about him being comfortable in the silence. He is in absolute control for throughout. And this right. – maybe part of what I didn't like – and I, uh, I'm sure I will elucidate further what I don't like about it. But part of it is that this is – it's sort of a fake high wire act. And it, and it is a high – right. to the extent that you can't know what an audience is going to do in any given moment, it is – a high wire act to an extent, but he is also, he never appears to lose the thread. He never appears to lose any control over what's happening in that room. Exactly. And, and that, And, yes, it speaks to his skill as a comic and as an entertainer and as a storyteller, a spectacular storyteller. Yeah. Right? But that also speaks to the artifice of the thing. When it is a skill that you're deploying, that talks directly to the artifice of the thing. And there's something about telling bare, honest truth in an, in something that is necessarily artificial that is necessarily structured in a way that gives you complete control that it it there's a there's something that's dishonest about that thing to me uh, and i I have, I have trouble giving it one hundred percent of the credit for being honest given the fact that it depends on artifice for it to exist
0: i I can see where you're getting that I guess that's a fair criticism but watching the special i always thought that his main concern has been his immediate family accepting him right and and that's why he was kind of why it took him so long to come out and to admit to himself because he like we said the audience very uh welcoming the press is going to be welcoming He'll get all the attaboys from his fellow comics. So there's no issue there. This is no big lift for those people. But his mom, it seems like that's an unsettled thing where like, hey, Jesus said he's against the gays. I mean, that's not what he's saying. But like that that was the gist of it. Like the uncle called him a slur. Basically, uh, his brother or somebody that he mentioned, it seems like this is a – a conflict within his family that's unresolved. And that's where a lot of this uh, reticence and just kind of like, I don't know if this will ever be okay with them. I don't think it was the audience. The audience he already had in the bag, no matter what he said, they would have been cool with. Uh, It's those people, his immediate family, that I thought he was addressing this to. So that's why I was like, if it was just the audience and I would kind of see it your way where it's like, yeah, I mean, this all seems kind of like even like the uh, audience interjections and, and, and commentary, this seems like it fell like right into his lap, almost as if it was a setup, you know, where usually when there's audience interaction and, and why most performers don't invite it is because people are fucking stupid and they're drunk. Right. And, and, it, they'll just...
1: and it derails you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But when you have practiced telling a story – like comics do, you know what the possible questions are.
0: Right, but they were so to the point and articulate and at the right time that they said, I mean, I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but I'm just saying just, if, it, if there was no issue with his mom and whomever else uh, in his family, then I would have been like this whole thing just kind of come across as, uh, like you say, Bob, artificial in, in a way because he has such a strong command of what he's saying that all of it would appear to be like a a a put on like a show but since and you know
2: and i don't want to harp on the narcissism thing but when you're talking about you you say that this is okay that you forgive the artifice of it because the thing that he's up against is not being accepted family yeah right not being accepted by a, a conservative religious mother and having a father who basically shuts down at the, any, any talk along the, the gay lines. And a, a best friend who says that, sort of jokingly or lovingly says that he was tricked into having a gay best friend <laughs> um, and a brother who he feels more distance from now than he did before be, because of this. All of it necessarily reflects back on Jared Carmichael as the victim of these people. In a way. And that's what that's what makes me uncomfortable is that this is a person who spends the whole first half of this special talking about how he basically told his dad, If you don't tell my mother that you've been sleeping around on her for my entire life and have these other kids with this other woman, then I'm going to tell her. That either either you do it or I right. will, and you need to be a man and own up to this. Maybe this is just my willingness to not forgive people but to understand people as motivated by things that aren't their own explicit will right so d- does he think that his dad chose to be the way that he is any more than he chose to be gay like does and i know that's if that sounds like i'm forgiving or or i'm i'm dismissing the bad behavior of someone and the bad choices of somebody who could have chosen differently uh, that's fair any any time that i
1: it sounds like you're equating bad behavior with homosexual thoughts
2: which is a joke his dad told him right yeah it's probably
1: not a great road to go down
2: right you can say it's not a great road to go down but at the same time i don't think that his dad chose most of the way that he is in the world any more than Jared Car- but, Carmichael I mean, there, chose the, the way that he is in the world.
0: But the distinction is, like, he was in breach of a relationship that, you know, like, I mean, if he was single and he was consensually sleeping about, that would be one thing. But he was married to a woman and cheating on her. which yeah, is
1: it's not like he was mad at his dad for thinking about other women.
2: Right. Right, and I'm not, I'm, not for, I'm not trying to say that the behavior was acceptable or that it was equally as condemnatory as but, being a homo is, right? right. I'm not, that's, I know that it is, it is easy to say that is what you're doing, that I'm equating those two things. No, 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 yeah, yeah. But I'm not doing that. All I'm trying to say is that it is n- no more in his mother's nature to be completely forgiving of this particular aspect of who Jared Carmichael is than it is for Jared Carmichael to just be straight. And like, does that make it okay? I don't know. No, of course it doesn't make it okay. But I also think that it, it means that his mother is deserving of, the, of grace, of, of this space to be a quote-unquote bigot in the way that she is and to come to terms with, over the course of many years, to come to terms with whatever it is that she has to come to terms with and still love her son. It is, it's just, it's weirdly, I, I see it as weirdly narcissistic to insist that I am deserving of absolutely unconditional love as though, as though you get to determine the parameters of that love in a way that you're not willing or maybe able to extend to them in return. And, and that the reason that I'm not getting that love is because of this one aspect of my situation that I cannot change, right? right? There's just something about the fact that there are plenty of people in this world who do not have perfect relationships with their parents, and right. it has absolutely nothing to do with their sexuality right being in a situation where you have emotional distance from your mother or your father is not unique to being a person who has to come out of the closet and then experience the pain of not being accepted for for who they are right there are literally like i don't know what how to talk about it in terms of bare numbers but everybody fucking deals with that shit but some
0: people you you don't think it's in his case, I mean, just look at it from his point of view. Growing up, I don't know, when he came to the realization that he was gay, maybe he was suppressing it. But I'm sure it, at some point he was like, oh, look at David Hasselhoff or whatever. I don't know. Whatever <laughs> it may be. Uh, he, he was anticipating this reaction and his worst nightmare, I guess, came to fruition. So, like, there, you don't you don't have any empathy – for him in that respect and and in the story i mean i don't know how true to life that he's keeping it uh in his special but his mom seems to have been quick to forgive the failings of her husband like what they took her, the, the kids took her out to dinner and the uh old man gave her the the, the, the bad news later and then the mother called and it's like okay i'm fine everything's cool it seems like these personal failings, actual failings on the father are more forgivable than just someone's orientation. He hadn't harmed anybody, right? As best as we can tell, he hadn't done anything wrong except be in violation of this story that the mother believes in, which is this religion stuff, right? So it's it's like he's being, he's not being accepted by the people he loves the most, and he can't reconcile that fact. Because he kept on going back and forth where it's like, I love my mom, she's a great person, but there's, there's a coldness in her and it's kind of in me too basically he recognizes that and maybe he maybe she's kind of tr- giving him that treatment now and so it just seems like it, it, he's in a shitty place with his folks and who knows if they croak tomorrow
2: yeah and that what i'm saying is that alienation from one's parents if not universal can be experienced universally right yeah. That the experience of not feeling closeness with your kin is something that I think it's safe to say almost everyone goes through at some point or another in their lives, right? But for some, for other reasons, do you think – you don't
0: think there's a distinction? Like he had not done any. It's not like he's like a serial killer, right? Or he didn't become a doctor.
2: I will take my own advice here and – Try to speak less specifically and more metaphorically or universally uh, as a as a means of conveying truth. I, 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 because at at bottom, I think that the thesis that I'm trying to get at here is that this disposition, the the, the, the means of truth telling, of sort of radical personal honesty with allegedly no artifice doesn't actually communicate truth better than actual storytelling does. My problem with the approach is that I don't think that this sort of bare-chested, fully revealed, confessional, highly specific way of doing art speaks to fundamental truths any better than any other approach does and in fact gets in the way of it for me in important ways
0: right and maybe uh, that, that wasn't not, his not motivation li- not least of right. which
2: not least of which is the centering of himself as the victim of these people throughout and that that just that's a personal bias right. of mine that how else would he tell that story though i mean all- <laughs> He just wants acceptance from his parents,
0: and he's not getting that. Like, it has to necessarily be about that, right? I mean, how else could he have presented—let's say it wasn't a stand-up. If he wrote a book or he wrote an essay, he would have to present it in a similar way, right? Because I don't know how how else do you say the story without putting himself at the center because it's about his sexuality that's freaking everybody in his family, in his orbit, to this length, like— I read a book and uh, I can't accept you. It's like a ridiculous thing. But she, the mother, believes it. What are you going to do?
2: Right. But that is, that's is—that's just who she is. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I've always had this, I've always had this problem of people demanding the thing that they believe that they deserve. And yeah, is, is a, do you have a sort of fundamental human expectation of being loved unconditionally by your parents? I guess. Uh, (laughs) It's not a
0: big ask. I mean, like, you don't need to be loved by everybody, but your parents?
2: It's not a big ask. But, like, it's also, I guess there's just part of being a grown-up is realizing, and maybe that's not fair, saying that he's not a grown-up or whatever. But part of being in the world and, and being able to navigate all of these different relationships, to me, it seems like... Realizing that you have to accept that you don't get to set the parameters for how other people are going to interact with you or, or how they're going to love you. It's not up to you to determine how anyone, even your own parents or children, are, are going to deal with you, how, they, how they're going to love you and, the, and the, the parameters of that. You don't get to make those choices for them. And there's just – there's something almost unseemly about using this, this venue, this, this medium, this confessional and highly – and I put it in, in scare quotes to an extent, this, this radical honesty that can't help but center the person doing it as, as the victim of all of the other people in his life. You don't, you don't get to decide – how other people are going to react to you as painful as that can be. You don't get to make those choices for them any more than you got to make any more than you get to decide how they ought to behave in any other facet of their life. And there's something about the way that this format in particular presents Carmichael as, as blameless victim and just, it feels unseemly to me. And because of who his parents are, like it or not, this is a provocation. Whatever else it is, it's also a provocation. It's a provocation that is not courageous in the way that a lot of the people in the room take it to be courageous. I think that there are better paths to truth.
1: I think that, as like I said before we started, Bob's real problem is with the medium, not with what was actually said.
2: Yeah, I don't I mean maybe maybe that is part of it. I don't particularly care for doing this from the comedy stage, I guess certainly. There's something I think about I that's your
1: biggest problem with it is that you don't you don't like what it is. Not that you don't like what was said. You just don't like the semi-serious
2: you I also know, don't care for I don't things. care for memoir in general. Yeah, I I don't you think that don't it, like it I don't think that memoir is a sort of valid Form of exploring truth you know, because it's so fucking obnoxiously inward-looking, and I think that he would do a better job of communicating if what he's trying to do here, because when he when he at the end when he looks up into the camera, and mm-hmm. I, I like who knows if anybody in the room even noticed that that's what he was doing, but that's what he was doing. He chooses that moment to stare right into his mother's eyes, or at least that's the thing that he's trying to convey there. Right, that art, he's looking know. up in. in
0: gotta give him a little runway to do his little art thing uh can i be unfair for just one second towards uh carmichael watching the special and at some point he mentioned that he's still trying to keep his christian faith and trying to reconcile that again this is going to be unfair but i have the sneaking suspicion that were he not gay he would hold the same prejudice views his mom has it's almost kind of like the Dick Cheney being cool with lesbians because his daughter was one. Basically, if he wasn't directly impacted by this undeniable truth, right, that runs counter to what he has believed for all these years, he would be in the same position that his mom is
2: in, right? And so. Right. He says something that's taken as a joke and laughed at. But is also taken in the room as, like, a a good moral truth, which is I believe that black men should marry black women and make black babies. And that's just... Like, to me, like, okay, sure, and and that they should be raised right and whatever the fuck else he says, right? Right. But, like, that's fucking fucked up, right? That's also fucking weird. It's very weird, but then... And and that he shouldn't be criticized for being gay and who he sleeps with, whether they're white, Latino, or black, because it's not up to him to perpetuate the species. The species being fucking uh, good, upstanding black people. That's fucking weird, right? That's weird.
0: It was weird for like five seconds until I realized, oh, he's just doing that as a setup to his punchline, like, uh, you know, I can fuck anybody as a gay guy because what difference does it make? I am. But that, that but but the the, the setup
2: plays directly into a trope that people take as a moral good.
0: No, you're right. Yeah, that 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 is definitely true. But I kind of gave him maybe I was very forgiving on this Monday, but like I was like, oh, he's setting up, subverting the expectation, and making his joke. You know, so it's like maybe. He doesn't subscribe to that trope. Maybe.
2: Maybe. <laughs> There's just, I, I just, and it's what I said about memoir, ultimately, probably, which is just that I I wasn't around in the fucking 70s and the 80s paying any attention. But it seems to me that memoir has become a much more prominent part of The conversation, whether it's it, it, everybody's got their fucking memoirs, and it's not just like political figures and actors anymore. It's anybody who's done anything who's fucking twenty-seven years old (laughs) gets to write their fucking memoirs and have Terry Gross talk to them for an hour, right? Right. Like, and what what have you done? What are you memoiring about? And it's all it's all just this inward-looking identity bullshit, and it doesn't it doesn't convey any important artistic truth because it's so inward, focusing on the individual. And there's something about this as well, where it's just so intensely up its up its own ass, without acknowledging that it's up its own ass, that it drives right. me crazy. And I don't think that it does a particular like I I honestly think that he could explore these themes better in 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 some other form. And yeah. and and there's something about this this like radical honesty sort of confessional format that doesn't doesn't to me do anything that it's trying to because what it's trying to do is to be is to do the it, it's it's using this as an authentic thing it's it's using the the fact of its radical honesty to sneak its way to to to, to forgive a lot of the other stuff around it and i'm not willing to forgive it i guess is what it comes i on
0: down the other to. hand well if you're such a good storyteller that you can kind of weave in and out and make toss away jokes about the hibachi person not being Japanese and instead Mexican. Tell whatever story you want. I will sit and listen. Fine, then it, then it's a good
2: story for the Moth Radio Hour, but it's right. not a, right. a an HBO fucking HBO special for an Bill hour Bill and a half. Bill
0: Maher to have adulting. Oh right. sure, HBO can bar. do what they want. I just. Right
2: it's it, to me i'm not going to remember the jared carmichael special 20 years from now because it won't have conveyed anything about the human experience in a, in a meaningful way to me and that's fine not everything has to be for right. everyone right. that's fine but i i also i'm not going to let go of this of this criticism that i that i see when it comes to any of this memoir confessional shit which is that it's entirely inward looking rather than outward looking You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. You find the show on Facebook or Twitter. Also, uh, brainiron.com, castironbrains.com. Email the show brainironpodcast at gmail.com. Opening and closing themes were composed by Mark Gillig. There was so much other stuff to get to, and instead we just rambled about...
1: Yeah, we did that.
2: ...testicle tanning and... (laughs) Uh, that's a good segment, Bob. Jared Carmichael. You <laughs> put Jared a link. In, I don't I know. It's you put but, a link in the show notes. We're
1: white, so what can you do?
2: To the Instagram guru fucking his female followers <laughs> to freedom. <laughs> do you subscribe to the Rolling Stone website, by the way? Because that's paywalled for me.
0: They always tell me, all right, this is the last article, I swear, and it happens every time. I don't oh, know what's okay. going on.
2: Uh anyway, I, I looked the guy up on YouTube. And the consistency of these fucking assholes, these gurus, is remarkable. His, his name is Ben Tinho Massaro. I don't know how to pronounce either of those words. I'm
0: pretty sure that's not right. And don't ask me how to do it myself.
2: <laughs> it says right there on the page. It says Ben Tinho Massaro. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, achieve complete happiness. Uh, why don't you just choose bliss and ecstasy right now? These are these are clips of his on YouTube, and they always come down to the same thing that that Keith Raniere fucker was on about yes. with his Nexium sex cult. It's always just you could just choose to have the feelings that you want to have instead right. of the feelings that you do have. It's
0: the dogma of Bob, and then your Dow life will Bob. be perfect. But that's. I mean, in in fact, in the article, uh, some of the women that realized this guy's scheme, which seems to me very obvious, but I guess I'm not taken by his good looks or whatever, but very obvious scam that he's running, uh, but they went on one of the Nexium people's former uh, victims or whatever podcast to talk about him, so it's all kind of it seems like there's this Yeah, it's very, a
1: personality type,
0: right, but it That's seems all like it is. In, in the article, they're talking about how people want to believe this nonsense and woo-woo stuff. And if they're like in a bad place and they're watching YouTube and they see something or they see something on Instagram, they kind of go in this rabbit hole, which reminds me – you like to make connections to things that aren't connected. But I was reading a little bit of that uh, Governor Whitmer, those wackadoodles, uh, kidnap plotters, and they were – in a similar way where basically like they're kind of like depressed. They don't know it, but they're depressed. And they're just watching YouTube stuff and the algorithm yep. takes them down this right wing rabbit hole.
1: It's how they get the ISIS kids too.
0: Yeah, yeah. It seems like it's like the same kind of model. If you're like in in the wrong headspace, you're basically willing to believe any kind of nonsense, you know. Right. UV and radiation like, in your balls
2: included. Lori says it's the Tao the of Bob, this choose your own feelings thing. And to an extent, I, yeah, sure. I know what she's saying. The difference between me and them is like, I think that, like, trying to not let yourself be the victim of your fleeting emotions is, is good from, uh, from the perspective of like getting through your day and getting to the next moment or whatever. And that, and yeah, sometimes that's very good advice. Someone also, being
1: an asshole to you, just ignore it.
2: Right. But
1: just al- pretend you're fine with it. Also, it's,
2: great. it's like, I would never dream of trying to sell that as like a way to transcend and become the master of your own reality, yep, that's right? That's the difference. Like they
1: monetize it.
2: No, but it's not <laughs> about monetization. It's that in this moment it would be better for me if I did not if if I could in some way distance myself from what I recognize to be fleeting emotions, right? That is to me a rational approach to the situation these fucking guys who sit there with their socks off in the lotus position on a chair that you shouldn't be sitting with your legs crossed on and, <laughs> and, and and insisting that uh you can actually transcend uh physical reality by simply choosing not to have your feelings hurt by things uh that's that that's fucking that's something else yeah you mentioned the algorithm and I'll just say this quickly I made a joke in our WhatsApp chat about, this is what I said in the WhatsApp chat. These are the same types of people who started a whole razor company because Harry's and Gillette got too woke or something. That was my text in the WhatsApp chat. Uh, I then went the next day, I was just reading articles on the internet, and I happened to be at Vox.com, and I got an ad for the company that I was referring to there, which was Jeremy's Razors, which is started by the Jeremy Boring guy who runs The Daily Wire with Ben Shapiro. So, somehow, the fucking... And and there's no other reason. I don't search razor (laughs) nonsense on the internet. I have nothing to do with this. But, like, I went from not seeing razor ads to saying something in a whatsapp chat and then seeing razor ads the very next day what the fuck is that about are you
0: one of those uh text to speech types are you communicating to no. us that way no okay
2: that should be uh that should be disturbing though shouldn't it i don't know <laughs> anyway did you uh, make it to the movies this week did you see did. everything everywhere all at once yes
0: very 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 good movie the movie's mostly in an IRS office and there's like a sex dungeon that's not really true but everything else was pretty accurate the drab building the the way the cubicles are set up I mean the movie is basically like there's this absurd multiverse kind of aspect but it's basically like about this family this woman who has this failing laundromat failing marriage disappointed father lesbian daughter and just you know, it's a family thing, but it's all this other stuff around it. It's pretty good. I mean, it's very cool. like, what the fuck is happening? There's a scene where in order for somebody to acquire new powers, they have to like, do a bonsai drop into a butt plug. And it makes perfect sense in the movie. But me describing it this way out of context makes no sense.
2: Yeah. Uh, and, anything else? Uh,
0: this week, even though I'm... 39, I'm going to be going to Coachella with some of my friends. It'll be a lot of fun going oh, this wow. Thursday. Yeah. So, actually, I thought Coachella I'll be flying back this time next week, by the way. So,
2: I thought Coachella was already done. Didn't Billy Eilish just two perform weeks at Coachella? and we're
0: doing the second two week. Two weeks?
2: Jesus Christ. Because the
0: first week uh, is always uh, – they, they ran out of water. The logistics are shit, so they get it all ready for people like
2: us. Who are the big headliners who you're going to see?
0: Nobody good. I mean, it, it was – when I first bought the tickets, it was like Rage Against the Machine and some other people and then it was Kanye and then now it's like Harry Styles or whatever and Billie oh, Eilish. Jesus. So, fuck fun. me, right?
1: Are you, do you sleep in a tent?
0: Yeah. It's going to be very like sleep in a tent like the poor. Nothing's it's going it. to be fun. And I'm going to be flying. Apparently I don't have to wear
2: a mask. They, they passed some stupid thing. And That's right. Something else that we didn't get to. Yeah. the uh, Trump appointed judge said that the uh, mask mandate was bogus. Uh, passing up – like ripping from Joe Biden an easy political win, which would have been for him to say, hey, look, I know we trust the science and all of that, but, but the CDC got out in front of this in a way that's not necessary and, and we're going to pull the mask mandate but, uh, but I, a couple but I imagine- days early.
0: They'll accept this too because, like, if the numbers go the other way, which I don't think they'll significantly go up, but if they do, they'll say, "Oh, those fucking Trump-appointed judges, like, right. we're trying to As do the usual, Right. As usual,
2: nobody wants to fucking take responsibility right. for anything. Right? They just want to take credit. Uh, and one if way it or goes,
0: if everything is fine, though, they'll say it was going to expire in two weeks anyway. They didn't. That wasn't a big whoop, you know. Right. That kind of
2: thing. Anyway, what have we been watching? Did we watch anything?
1: We had Passover. We watched the Gerard Carmichael thing. We played video games. It's very late.
2: It is very late now.
1: Oh, the ultimatum! We should wrap up the ultimatum real fast.
2: Yeah, we finished, we finished the, ultimatum. the ultimatum.
1: How'd you like it, Abe?
0: So I'm um, four episodes in, and the format is bonkers because they were pairing people up that didn't want to settle. Like,
1: yes, what the fuck? Like, yes, Nick and Vanessa Lachey just want to watch the world burn. Yeah, yeah.
2: Fucking Colby and uh, what's her name ended up April april they ended up together basically just so that they could stay on the show like that was <laughs> that's right the, the, the whole conceit is like they're going to pretend to be married for three weeks to see if it works but but they threw that right in the toilet at that at that last dinner by saying uh i guess if we want to be on the show we're going to be together so that's what we're going to do right and get get the most out of this experience or whatever You think that they would uh, have
0: a Pool of w- eligible whatevers that were either nope down to not get married game. or down to just nope. A,
2: no, we finished it. We watched the stupid reunion, and my verdict remains precisely the same. The things, the awful things that I said last week about these awful people, uh, maintained <laughs> all the way through to the end of the the series. At least it's a kind of like a mindless show
0: you could put on and watch. You don't have to, like, have 100% focused on the content. You know, like some shows that I've been watching recently, which are, like, better. If I were 100%
2: but... focused on that content, I would have ended up with my fucking head in the fireplace <laughs> instead of my head on the couch watching pleasantly. If, if not for the distraction of my phone and my you silly hardly word games... You had
1: your phone out. We were mostly watching it.
2: I would have been slamming my skull repeatedly into the brick facade of our fireplace. (laughs) Abe, you uh, got anything else for us tonight? Nope. Well, I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then. And we will talk to you next time. Later. Think about it in terms of the the critique of Hollywood that you have the white male protagonist and and he is the one who grows. He is the one who has to learn the lesson or he is the one who has to save the day. But the whole point is that the story revolves around this person who, the queer black trans kid who lives in the ghetto, has no can't can't possibly see himself in the white male protagonist right that that's the argument is that you can't actually experience universal truth and get truth from art unless you see yourself in that and my my contention is that these people because they're human beings are actually really good at transposing themselves into these roles and finding the empathetic core of the art there whether or not it's a gay queer trans black kid from the hood playing the main role, or whether it's Tom Cruise playing the main role. I'm I'm not doing a great job of explaining what I'm talking about here, and I recognize that. But there's something about the creation and the consumption of art by what we would call today marginalized communities, when it is created by other people, that has given them a unique ability to be empathetic, right? That because they are consuming art, that is created by people who are not them, they get to bring something to the table and find themselves in other people where they were not necessarily being thought of when the work of art was created. It's not to say that that means that We should just let the white Jews make all of the art and that the black trans queer kids from the ghetto can then therefore benefit and be raised up by it, by the fact that they have this ability to uh, transmute themselves into these stories and and learn and grow from them. There's an implicit suggestion in the idea that I never saw myself on the screen and therefore... I couldn't find myself in these stories, right? That's what you often hear. This is in every fucking... If, yeah, you, if, sure. if there's an artist being interviewed on NPR in sure, the last two I years, know. black or Latino or queer or some combination thereof, right? And the same thing that you hear over and over again is, I didn't see myself in these stories. And yet they turned into fully-fledged human beings capable of producing art. And it's not to say that it's good that people were were kept out of production roles or kept out of certain acting roles because of the color of their skin. That's obviously not what I'm saying. But the idea that somehow things that are made by people of a certain phenotypic reality are only to be engaged with by people of that phenotypic reality— is the implicit suggestion there. And I think it's just profoundly wrong. And I think that the evidence of it being wrong is that the most marginalized people, it's, it's just, it, it's not to say, it's not elevating the gays to some sort of uh, holy class of angels where there are just, there are no gay assholes. Of course, there are fucking gay assholes out there. There are assholes of every stripe imaginable. But it seems to me to be the case that. Uh, so my mom did do a bonsai drop into a butt plug.